Whole world loves you, Zach, whether you like it or not. The whole world does not love me. I know that for a fact. And you know what? I don't give a fuck. No, I know a few people that don't, but they just don't know you. They can fucking kiss my ass. (laughs) Mine too, goddammit. Welcome to Flavor Balance Heat, the podcast for hot sauce lovers and makers. I'm Spike. And I'm Claire. Today we're talking to Zach Perkins from High Desert Sauce Co. in Tucson, Arizona. Hey, Zach. What's happening, y'all? This is weird, man. This is not (laughs) normal. It's not normal. I'm on the fucking spot right now. You are. You're on the spot. I'm going to turn the spotlight towards you. Well, Zach, and I'll say (laughs) you're lying. Welcome to the shit show. Yeah! So, all right, tell us your hot sauce history. I mean, everybody's heard this story like 9,000 times, man. A bunch of people on <laughs> that are listening to us haven't, though. They and you know, uh, so know, hi. Little bits and pieces. There you go. Okay, so hi. My name's Zach. I'm a former drug addict and alcoholic. January 3rd of 2017, I walked away from that lifestyle. I got myself sober, I cleaned up, and I just kind of started making hot sauce one day. I don't know. Really, it began because I've always made like a spicy barbecue sauce and I used to get this like habanero extract from this local place and they quit. They discontinued it. So my original goal was to attempt to mimic that and it just kind of turned into hot sauce and, you know, giving it away to people. And you know how it goes, man. Why would you have a label and why are you not marketing this? And then here, here we are. So what got you and, into and, spicy and, foods in the first place? Uh, you can thank the Dana for that. Uh, I personally was afraid of spicy foods when I was younger, solely on the fact that it was used as punishment. Oh, wow. You know. Y- y- you know how it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know how it is. Not, not like my parents would make me eat ghost peppers or anything, but, you know, if I got mouthy, uh, you know, I'd eat a pepper. Well, thank you, Dana. Zach, when did you start me. making hot sauces, like, under, under your label? Uh, legally? Yeah. <laughs> I, so I started making hot sauce in 2017. And then, uh, you know, you hear, oh, you should put a label on this and you should, you know, market this. And so many times before you're like, okay. So I set up an OLC. And then, you know, through, uh, what was the first label? Wasn't, was it the craft paper label? I think it was craft paper. Yeah, labels. it was. I remember that. Yeah. And then we upgraded from that. But I mean, so. I established September 8th of 2018, my LLC, not knowing any kind of regulations for acidified foods. Thank the Jesus. I never, you know, got anybody sick, but it wasn't until like Thomas Toth from uh, what, I don't remember what the name of his company was, but he reached out to me on Messenger. He's like, dude, that doesn't look like a commercial kitchen. I'm like, the fuck are you talking about, dude? And then he explained to me, like, the whole shit show behind getting legal uh, for acidified foods. Uh, But we were getting ready to move from, like, northern Arizona back to southern Arizona. So, originally, I got legal in Arizona. And then when we moved back to Tucson, I got legal. I got got, got FDA approved. I'm Claire George. I own Butterfly Bakery of Vermont. We make hot sauce, mustard, cookies, and granola, and 100% of our products are made with Vermont ingredients. 
The thing that I hear most often from people is that my hot sauce tastes like the peppers that are in it. We do really simple recipes that don't get too crazy and nitpicky just to really accentuate the, the flavor of the peppers that are in there. The unique thing about our hot sauces is how much we feature the farm and the relationship with the farm and really um, bring the terroir of Vermont to our hot sauces. I am pretty sure I am the number one purchaser of Vermont grown chili peppers. I would love it if there would be a legitimate pepper market in Vermont where people would know Vermont for its peppers. We're all better for supporting each other. You know, and I think that part really shows itself with the collaborations that I do with the other businesses and the other farms that, that I love working together and coming up with new ideas and presenting each other with new challenges. And I think overall that's the attitude here. And I absolutely love it because that's my attitude. I try to live my life with love. The ingredients that I use, I would say that my values are reflected in that, um, that I use ingredients that, again, feel good, feel loving, feel supportive. The relationship with the farmer was how it all began. If I changed the reason for it being, if I went out and bought some commodity peppers, you know, it might not be as good. <laughs> you can find Butterfly Bakery of Vermont hot sauce, mustard, granola, and cookies at butterflybakeryvt.com. I actually got my FDA approval letter the day COVID shut the world down. So here I am sitting on this product with a brand oh. name that no one knew nothing about. <laughs> and you can't go out and demo. And, uh, and, yeah. Right. So I just hopped on the Facebook groups. I'm like, hey, this is who we are. Uh, this is what I do. Uh, I, I will sell bottles for five bucks a bottle just to get my name out there right now. And then I paid very close attention to what everybody had to say about the flavor, about the heat, about the consistency, and I made adjustments along the way. That's awesome. Awesome. The, uh, Zach, I you actually have, have a, an... Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, Zach, I have an equipment yeah, question. Can I ask you equipment questions? Okay. I uh, yeah. You posted a video uh, the other day about with um, uh, bottles going through a heat shrink tunnel, and you had a... Uh -huh. uh, and you had a, a little depositor for the, the neckbands. Is that? The strip, yep. The strip yeah. Pander. So I've, I've like, I look back, I look into those years ago and they were just like obscenely expensive. And so I haven't looked back into them. Like, is that, does that do, does that take a roll of, of shrink van and then like cut it off and drop it onto the top yep. or does it take individual, it takes a roll? Yep. The, uh, yep. I like, I would love to hear more about that because I, we still hand apply and it sucks. Yeah. 100% sucks. I'm actually, I actually, I just sold that line actually. It just takes up, well, my, my warehouse is very small. So it's like 1200 square feet total, but like 400 square feet of that is office. So that line takes up like a huge footprint in my warehouse. Um, I need something a little bit more compact, but yeah, a straight band machine brand new is going to be like $15,000. That's fun. But <laughs> that's actually less than I think I remember I mean, when I looked at those before. It also depends where you get them. I mean, you can get a China-made one, dirt cheap. But you're going to be very lucky if it yeah, works right. In comparison, yeah, you're not going to have any, like, I bought this from another maker that went out of business and immediately got on the phone with the label machine company and the street band uh, company. I'm like, hey, I, I'm new to this. I don't know nothing about it. Can you kind of walk me through how to use it? They were very receptive and, you know, yeah. So I don't know, what is it, a pack leader, I think? They're like out of Indiana or something. Pack leader. Pretty happy with it. Yeah. Oh, 
Um, I, I can get I can get the exact name of it. Yeah, yeah. I would love I would love to work on it. We've got a heat shrink tunnel and a labeler and all of that, but we we still hand to buy our neck bands. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to going back to that, honestly. <laughs> Kind of sucks. Hey, I got a question, an equipment question for y'all. Um, uh, pH meters. Uh, I talked to you a little bit about this, uh, Claire and uh, Zach. Um, but so, Claire, you, what was the pH meter that you said you use? Uh, Xtech, E X T E C H, or Xtick. I think it might be Xtech, might be the company, and Xtick might be the product. Um, but it's, um, and I can I can send you a link to that as well. Um, it's the one that we that I came across that seemed like high quality and it does like temperature adjustments and stuff like that um, in the beginning. And then I have, sometimes it's harder to get, like I look for it and I have to really dig to find it, but I just keep rebuying the same one because I, it, I've really found that pH meters are very um, person specific, you know, I mean, not person specific, but they're very, they're very individual. Found that, <laughs> I'm not yeah, saying that right fickle. at all. They're fickle and they've got their own little quirks. And so we understand the quirks of this one. I get the one that has the replaceable electrode because if any of my staff yeah. um, forget to put it, keep it in liquid, then it dries out and, yeah. and I don't want to replace the entire thing. Although the electrode's like half the cost of the entire meter. So there's that. Oh, um, wow. Uh, I just had, to, I just had to get a new electrode for my para and it was like 80 bucks. Yeah. I want to say, I want to say the X stick is like 110 or something. And the electrode's like 50 bucks maybe. So, um, but so I've been buying the cheapy, cheapy ones, and I'm done. I just need to get yeah. good. Ones. Yeah, man, that that yeah. buffer solution you gotta mix up for those fucking things. Yeah, this is uh, you have to mix it. This is what I. Yeah, I always just yeah, I just buy it in a powder form. Oh, I always get it in a liquid form. I've never gotten it in powder. Yeah, so this is what I use right here. You can get the here's the buffer solution. That little bottle right there is the storage solution. Yeah, see here it is. There, here's the other uh, electrode for seventy bucks, which is like the cheapy is... ones, but it looks like much, much better. Because on the no. cheapy ones, you have to put the cap on with the solution in there, and it's it's such a pain. Right. So this just slides out a little bottle. That little bottle holds that clear solution, and that solution's meant to help clean and uh, keep your electrode. Yeah. Yeah. Here. Perfect. All right. I can I can show you the this one. Go figuring out a screen share. This is this is the one that I get. So it's still like a stick, kind of like the cheapy ones, but oh, it's just a little okay. bit more reliable. Yeah. And um, and it's got a replaceable electrode, um, and it's got a little like cap that you can can put it in. Um, it's yeah, it's it's worked well for me for years. Um, the uh, the one the the thing that I would say about pH meters is. The, um, the care for them just makes all the difference in the world. So with, yeah. with that meter, obviously keeping the electrode wet, but then um, we've also found, you know, and we calibrate it daily. So I know some people calibrate it. I don't know, whatever yeah. they feel like it, but we calibrate it every time we're going to use it. And then um, once a week, we pull out the batteries and then hold the button down for like 10 seconds to drain the board of any memory. Um, and then, and then we put it all back together because we find that if we don't do that, the, the pH read starts to drift. And we used to think it was malfunctioning and replace the thing. And then we discovered that we could reset it. Um, and that, and that does it. So once, so every day we calibrate and every week we do a hard reset. That's great to know. So little, little side note about calibration, according to the rules of the FDA, you're supposed to calibrate within an hour of using it. So if you calibrate it, wait more than an hour, you're supposed to calibrate it again. 
Interesting. Look at that. How do you not know that? I, 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 I don't. <laughs> I, I would I would actually be interested to see the rule because that's not usually the sort of thing that the FDA makes detailed rules about. Um, like there's it's definitely uh, the because that's I know even well I was just even going to say like when we were talking to the FDA when we had our inspection we were talking about our environmental monitoring program. Um, they they said there is no rule about what your environmental monitoring program is. You just have to have one. So you just declare once a year I do a swab and determine that there is no listeria on my wall and then and then I carry on with life. Um, and that's but you just have to set a rule. You have to set something and you have to do it. And that's all they they don't. What you do is up to you. So it just the, the idea of saying that you have to calibrate your pH meter once a uh, I mean, and that is an acidified rule. I mean, that's an acidified thing, which obviously has different rules than just the regular FDA rules. But um so, like, I could believe it. I just don't remember seeing it. We could do it. Well, I mean, it was part of the better process and control certificate I took over at a. Uh, oh, yeah. well, I can see that. They would say right. that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, even even that, though, you know, that the better process control school still has the, the you know, threshold of pH at 4.6, which is, um, which, you know, nobody makes, we don't, or we don't, we don't make 4.6 sauces, you know. Yeah, but yeah exactly. Questionable. Um, <laughs> when people ask me about bottling hot sauce i tell them you need to do it under four or the, i the terminology i use is the fda gets twitchy and that makes the, them think i need to do it under four <laughs> the, the process authorities i've talked to says 4.2 the same sort of thing that under over 4.2 they start getting they, they start getting a little yeah um, they well, start poking around there's a yeah yeah there's a gray area between 4.2 and 4.6, even yeah. though acidified, like under the certain conditions, micro uh, organisms can become active again. Well, that I, are resistant to eat and, and, and acid. Yeah. The, I had a, to... oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I had a process authority kick back one of our sauces, not because it wasn't acidified enough, but because um, it, because it was actually, it, it came back the particulates they tested separately from the, and the yeah. particulates came back as 4.4. Mm -hmm. And it was because we made a small batch and didn't, it doesn't take as long to, to heat up. Yeah. So as soon as I made a bigger batch, it was fine. And we just sent that off. They let us do it for free. They were actually really nice about it. But, um, but that's why. And even though it, it came back in, within the legal range, they still kicked it back to us. Well, and um, in there's thermophilic uh, bacteria that can grow uh, in like yeast that can survive the boiling process, and they can they can um, consume the acid and put out alkaline. But they're thermophilic, so they only start becoming active above like 125 degrees, and um, and so that's the reason that like if you put a sealed bottle of sauce like in a sunny window, it can start having you know it can start having behavior, um, but. Uh, but that's the reason that FDA set, puts the limit at 4.6 instead of 4.8, where botulism will actually start producing toxin, is to give that that buffer. Um, but having more of a buffer just allows for more mistakes, more, you know, anything. So that's why there's that kind of 4.2 rule. But if you get into like tomatoes or other acid products instead of acidified products, um, tomatoes actually go up to 4.7. You're allowed to go up to 4.7 with tomato products, which is, that seems wow. dangerous. I don't like oh. that. <laughs> I don't like that at all. I keep I keep everything under 3.8. I don't even yeah. fuck around. I bring everything up to 200 degrees, whether it requires it or not, and I keep everything below 3.8. That's to be basically honest, what we like do around, Yeah, 3.5, 3.6. 
We, Except we for some, our raspberry sauce, that's like 3.0. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have, we have some products that Copac clients brought in that are, you know, that are between four and four, two. Um, and that was like, when those came in was the first time I was like, hmm, let me, let me learn a little bit more about that. How is that? How is that allowed? Um, I have noticed that when things have a higher pH, um, like we have, uh, we have salsas and they're in the, you know, four ish four four to four, two range. And, um, they just, it's a higher sugar content in them and those higher pHs that when you open them and put them in the fridge, they just grow things a lot faster than like a sauce, you know, they're not growing anything. I mean, they're, they're growing spoilage bacteria, spoilage, uh, microbial microbes, the, um, uh, it just, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not going to kill you, but it's just, uh, it's just the stuff that I'm not used to with my hot sauce. You can just kind of leave it out and it keeps forever. And, yeah. um, but yeah, it can higher, higher pHs have more activity. Yeah. Yeah. I always, I always love being on the Facebook groups and ha- having the, the, the newbies be like, Oh, 4.6 is acidified. And then you like, I mean, like, well, yeah, technically, but then, you know, there's this whole great, and then they want to fucking argue with you and it becomes a whole thing. And I just, I gotta let that shit go. Flavor Balance Heat, the podcast for hot sauce lovers and makers is brought to you by Irish Spike's unique hot sauces and Vandal pepper sauces. I'm Spike, the owner and executive saucier. Our sauces are handmade in the Pacific Northwest using the best possible ingredient. We believe that hot sauce equates to a balance of sensational heat coupled with a robust and complex flavor profile. Live your hottest life with Irish Spike's. Irish Spikes unique hot sauces and Vandal pepper sauces are available at saucecult.com. Well, while we're talking about, Claire, you were asking me about um, immersion blenders. You were asking me about yeah. immersion blenders a while yeah. back. Um, Zach, I don't know what you're using now. Have you gone back to the Roboku or did you? Cause yeah, you know, I have a Roboku 650, I think. It's kind of not big enough for a 40-gallon kettle, but I make it work. Is that the same size? I don't remember what. No, I think you have a four four fifty. Okay, yeah. I think. I'll have to. I mean, really, ultimately, yeah, it's got a lot. They're of a pain in the ass to clean, though. You yeah, know what I mean, ultimately, yeah. what I need is uh, what is it a continuous blender or something? What, what do they call it? A continuous mixer? You know. I don't know. I don't, uh, don't you just have a yeah. little thing you stick on the side? Yeah, yeah, dude. It doesn't push a forty-gallon kettle, though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I've seen a lot of those when I've I looked up videos on YouTube of like facilities to see what I can see, you know. And they'll have like a blender that's like this big. No, there's. Um, I mean, we have so a we, we have a chopper on one of our kettles that's mounted. It's a mounted chopper, yeah. and it's got it's you know. It's motor is like it's bigger oh, than my screen, it. and uh, you could. There are, I mean, that's just a motor, so anything can be attached to it. We did look into a high shear blender like that at one point, and it just would blind with all the vegetables, and it just looked awful fast. I always write stuff down for me to look into later when I think of stuff, you know, oh, I want to do this with this, or well, I love the podcast, it's great for that. Just we share our, we work in a the restaurant and so we have our roboku that is not that's hands off but we also have a an old, one of those wearings that everybody uses and the employees mm-hmm. prefer that one because it's not so heavy yeah uh, and as long as it works with the sauce i don't care you know if it's easier for them then go ahead and use it but the wands on those man they're you go through them so quickly um and you have to replace it for like 200 bucks so i prefer yeah. them to use the roboku 
it's harder, but not the, the the biggest issue I find with the warrings is that the um, if the coupling comes loose at all, then the bearings strip and then everything kind of goes wonky there. So if I I've actually trained my staff to hold it on both, you hold both and you hold it at like full tightness as you're using it and yeah. moving it um, and that, or you kind of hold the top and the side. So it keeps them together. And that does seem to prolong the life of the, the wands. Oh, that's good to know. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I've got parts. So we had a restaurant go out of business and they had a bunch of uh, immersion blenders that didn't work, but I've got this like graveyard of parts that I can sift through when I need stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so the, you know. the, that's what, when we, when we, uh, uh, inherited our kitchen, we just got, um, we, we have so much random stuff, so much sanitary piping. It's beautiful. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. I'm trying to well, look up, I'm trying to look up the, uh, calibration thing. Cause now I want to know, <laughs> did you find it, Zach? A, di- a direct blender. Direct, direct blender. blender. What's that? Kind of like how our interview of Zach is just turning to us talking about sauce, which is what we do after the end of every oh, podcast. On, kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, absolutely. And this, yeah. Is what, this is what we should be sharing with people. So it's awesome, you know? Yeah. High sheer. It's kind of like a giant. Uh, it's high sheer? Yeah. It's kind of like what you have attached to your kettle, except it's freestanding. And you can, you know what I mean? I did use high sheer. Yeah. I mean, a Vitamix is high sheer and that has worked for us. Obviously, it's not continuous. And then we've used, um, we had, we had a person come and do a test with a stick blender that was high shear and it just would clog just instantly with every, all the particulates we had. Let me show you this thing that I was looking at. I was going to get, and I've now decided not to, but it was, it was like the thing I wanted the most for like the longest time. Check that out. So it's like, it's like an immersion blender, but it's on a stand and then you can drop yeah. it into the, into the kettle. It's like and a then, James Bond torture device. It's lowering <laughs> down. No. Yeah. Prepare to uh, die, Mr. Bond, in five <laughs> minutes when this thing finally gets down to where you're at. So the the thing I was thinking is kind of like that, except it's freestanding and it's... Yeah, yeah. I have a picture of it somewhere, but... I think I see I'm, what the I'm, choppers you guys were talking about look like. Those, those are awesome. I'm, I'm still reading CFRs right now, so... I'll get back to you in a moment. I mean, that was uh, that was definitely part of my uh, better process class well, at uh, NC I'm, State. Yeah. I'm going to be sending my um, my kitchen supervisor to the better process control school this like in the next couple of months, so I'll have a chance to like relive it all. She can t- find yeah, everything, the every thing. mistakes we're making. The, you know, speaking of, we had talked about whether you should leave your bottles upside down, and you guys had both said yes, and I said no. I remember. That was part of the lectures, the recorded lectures in the Better Process School. So I can't. I, I might try and hit them up and see if I can find it. Because I they had a really good reason why, and it like po- totally made sense. But I don't remember what that was. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love so to I'm know that. I'm still going to disagree. We, were, um, we used to lay our bottles on their side and, and so would not invert, which I mean is basically the same thing, but um, not a full inversion. Yeah. And so that's what we did for a long time. So anything that I learned in the Better Process Control School, I think I would have applied to that. So in terms of fully turning them upside down, I'm not sure. And I think they just said don't leave it more than like a day or two um, was if I remember uh, correctly. I mean, I, 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 I hear, I hear, 
I hear what you're saying, man, but again, there's like a cold fill process which requires you to keep them inverted for two weeks. Well, that's a different process, though. That He had a reason why doing it this way. In a cold fill process, you're still in the middle of the process with the cold going on. This is a heat process. And there was a reason why, and I don't remember what it is. I'll see if I can find it. I just I, I looked through my book and couldn't find it. I do remember now that it was in the... Because uh, I was surprised about it. We had been doing it, and that's why I remember it distinctly. Like, oh, we got to stop doing that. So, yeah. I mean, this isn't the better Tennessee better process of controls. It was the, in the, the I... remember, had you, they had to, you read it, but you also had to listen to the lecture. Uh, and yeah. so during the lecture, somebody asked, because it was like he was in a classroom with students, and somebody asked that question. Yeah. And that was the answer. I just don't remember what it was. And genuinely, yeah, I don't feel like sifting through all this stuff, <laughs> even if they did have Yeah. That. I mean, I, do, I went through that school, too. Yeah. Um, Claire, FYI, I would send your people to NC State. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is. I'm not going to lie. It was a to, lot fucking easier. To, you said to which which one? Uh, North Carolina State. North Carolina. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, I was, I was going to do Tennessee because that's what I did, but... The, uh, I did see uh, for Tennessee they had two. I uh, was it um, was it Tamaris who was saying that he had to do get the Kindle version for University of Tennessee, which yeah. I did find. Said on version eight for some reason it's the Kindle version, but then version nine it's going to go back to the um, paper version. So people um, complained. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. probably. Um, but they, um, but it did say they had both. Uh, they had two versions of what two-day version that was just acidified and a three-and-a-half version, three-and-a-half-hour version that was a whole class, which really surprised me that there, I didn't remember there being a separation between the two because uh, I definitely oh, did the whole class. Awesome. Well, and yeah. that was the yeah. worst part about it was that, I mean, yeah. 90% of it had nothing to do with us. Yeah, I know, right? I, I actually yeah. liked it because I knew like, when else am I going to learn, you know, about this stuff yeah. and about the, the curl of a, the, of a tin can and how important it is, the seal, like that just, that stuff was interesting, but like, but yeah, I mean, I've never, I, I also, I was just literally talking to my kitchen supervisor about this today, but you know, if this is the amount of information I need to know, I really want to know this much information and, you know, just a little bit more, um, just so I understand where the edges of my understanding are. And so that's why I like the longer one, but two days versus three and a half days, especially if I were traveling somewhere to attend those classes, I mean, hands down two days. So, well, and we were trying to get our business started and we had so much to do mm -hmm. and all that extra, you know, it was like, why am I listening to all this crap that has nothing to do with me? Yeah. So, yeah. So Zach, yeah. what's the ratio on the NC state one? Is it about the same? Yeah, it was, it was a lot less, uh, it was a lot less as far as like lectures, but if they have like a fast track class for acidified foods now, oh, I mean, yeah. that might be the way to go. Uh, legit. I mean, I sat in front of the computer for like eight days at uh, University of Tennessee. Uh, NC State was like a day. Wow. Yeah, I think it was eight full hours of listening, not counting all the studies yeah. Yeah, and tests. Taking the test. Yeah. The test was really hard. <laughs> I remember like it was, you know, you can take, you can take notes and you can use the book. And I still had a heart, like they would ask the questions in ways that were so difficult to tell what they were saying that I had a hard time still figuring out what the answers were on a lot of them. It was tough. Um, yeah. yeah. They tried to get smart with it, like just kind of tricky. And I hate it when it's like, that's not learning when you're trying to trick people. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's like that when, they yes. do, when you get your contractor's license. They do the same exact thing. They just try to trick you. Yeah, it's not. It's like, come on now. I yeah. I, uh, I just so. remember I was always good at math as a kid, and I and I just remember my uh, in high school I had it was like algebra two or something, and this teacher just wanted to trick you. They just he just wanted to like see how closely you were paying attention. And we had this one question on a test that was like, "What is an asymptote?" Which is you know how the line approaching another line. And um, and of course now it's drilled into my head because nobody I mean nobody in the class got it right. And he was like, when he went over the answers to the test, he was like, he was like, see, you guys weren't paying attention. I mentioned it in this one lecture, this one time. And I just, in my head, I was like, no, you're a shitty teacher. That's what you are. Like, yeah. like you know, if nobody in your class got it right, yeah. who's the one at fault? That's it. I mean, it's not about <laughs> when, when a teacher does that, he's just, they uh, are just trying to be a turd, be better than the students. I know more than you. And it's like, come yeah. on now. You don't yeah. need it. I would fucking hope so. You're teaching the class. Yeah, you're just kind of I'm, supposed to. I had plenty of teachers that I knew more than. <laughs> they, they knew their subject better than I did, but outside of that, I'm like. I, I, I slept through high school and still got decent grades. Like, I did not apply myself until my senior year when I brought home all A's. My mom's like, why couldn't you do this for the rest of your And I'm like, because I didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I am all looking right. over the CFR. And I'm not finding anything. <laughs> I love this. So, Zach, while she's looking over the CFRs, I've got a question for you. Okay. So you're stranded on a desert island. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> Bye. Come on, give me three that you would hope is on that thing. And I should read it. Get because... the fuck out. Get the fuck out of here. I'm not answering the question. <laughs> well, what about Death Row Hot Sauce? I'm not answering that question either. All right. No problem. I love it. So All right. I do want to, well, I do want, I'm not finding anything about having to take. I'm looking right at the section of the CFR relating to calibration of pH equipment, and it's not saying anything about it having to be done within. Did you say an hour, a couple hours? Yeah, you're supposed to calibrate it within an hour, and if you need to calibrate or uh, pH again, a different sauce, it, like more I, than an hour later, it was. It was. It was definitely part of the uh, better process controls from nc state the um because i'm not, I just said my go ahead well I was, I was just gonna say the, the closest i'm finding to it is um saying that you should uh soak your ph meter in buffer solution or distilled water uh for four to five hours before testing it uh before using it but that's the closest i'm finding to any time period and i am scanning over this i could be missing something but i'm not seeing it in here I'm not saying it's not in the better process control yeah i'm just not seeing it in the cfr I, I literally just sent that book to Sarah, uh, Aaron's mom. <laughs> well, so awesome. I, I can't even look it up real quick. The yeah, um, I, should, I, should I wouldn't be book. surprised. I remember when we did our our first run through with the uh, Washington State Agriculture. They sent two people down: a supervisor and another regular <laughs> examiner. And they were grilling Ooh. us. And I loved it when they both got into a debate with each other about how to test a thermometer should you do it with ice or should you do it with boiling water and the guy the supervisor was you know kind of acting like he was 
like he was smarter then. And he's like, so do you think it should be boiling water or ice? And I'm like, well, I've always done it with ice because it's always the same. Yeah. Whereas boiling water isn't the same depending on your altitude. And he goes, actually, it should be boiling water because, and he's, I don't remember his thinking on it, but I loved how his, the person he was with goes, like he went through this long explanation. He goes, and they go, she goes, yeah, I'd, I'd still use ice. <laughs> and so we we actually, um, the, we have to have some of our thermometers calibrated by a lab once a year for the caramel operation for the goat milk. And um, and oh, yeah. so what, what our FDA guy said was calibrate your other meters to those meters. You have properly calibrated ones, stick them in a pot of water. It doesn't matter what the temperature is, just make sure they're the same. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so the... The reason why you don't do it by boiling water is because if you're in the Rockies, the water's right. going to boil yeah. at a different rate. So yeah. you don't want yeah. that any, you know, wherever your altitude is. And so his thinking was like, that doesn't make any sense. I, I know you're explaining it, but it doesn't make any sense on any level why you would use boiling water. And when you can just drop it in ice water and it's going to give you yeah. the exact 30, 32 degrees. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Done. Boom. Done. Quit, quit being a smarty pants, dude. But it sounds like that. Like they said, he said that like it was matter of fact, like this is how you do it. And um, both me and the other examiner were like, mm, you know, uh, it kind of sounds like this is they're trying to get a certain level of out of their school of what they want people to do. And so they're kind of telling beyond maybe unless Claire finds it in the CFRs, but you know, yeah. I mean, like um, I said, I'm, I'm scanning over it cause we're all still talking as well, but I'm, I'm scanning for words like calibrate an hour and, and, you know, I'm finding whole directions on how to mix the, um, how calibrate to- your meters before you, you, re- you do a reading on a sauce, right? You all yeah. calibrate your shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, what's your, our- what is your favorite piece of equipment, Zach? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We can be done talking oh, okay. about pH meters. That's fine. Uh, my favorite piece of equipment. Uh, I really enjoy that shrink bander and the heat tunnel and the lock coder and the fucking label machine. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I bet. That's why I'm I not going to lie. I'm sad that I have to kind of let it go. Um, I mean, I don't have to. It's just, it takes up too much of a footprint. Dude. Like, yeah. And then it's like, you know, because we work out of a shared kitchen space. So it's like drag everything over the kitchen and drag everything back to unload it again, to run it through the line, to pack it back up. The old way was everything was done in the kitchen. That way, when I came back to the warehouse, it was just done and then I could palletize it. You know what I mean? I'm actually, I created more work for myself by getting this line. Uh, it was all in hopes of like getting everything under one roof. But hey, do you need your. It shrink band we don't use the shrink band heat thing uh at all if you want it back what you know the, heat, the you? shrink band heater um you don't use the ferrari heat tunnel no like, our, my employees are faster without it i find that extremely hard to believe i tested them i timed them they're just my bro dude my daughter okay is fast. look here's the deal this is how we used to do it prior to all this equipment all right fill off the kettle Cap it, shrink band it, tunnel it, invert it immediately. And, or actually, it would get labeled, then it would get inverted. And it would sit inverted till it went back to the fucking warehouse where I'd flip the cases back over. Like, I have a feeling you're filling bottles and then capping them and then inverting them and, 
And then string band. Just do it all at once. You can save yourself so much well, time. Well, we invert them, and then we still have one of the the guns, the uh, the oh, yeah, coders. Yeah. So we code the bottoms of the bottles um, because we can't do it on the sides. We don't have a a track. So we just while they're in the we use the beer fast racks, and we code the bottoms of the bottles. And then when we re- put them back up, they put them in a line, and my daughter just rips through them with the the blow thing she she can like and then turns them all around and does like 20 of them at a time um it's amazing so within 10 15 seconds she's done 20 of them um whereas doing one at a time was slower she said it was easier for the new people to use that um but for her it wasn't and then the fuse blew on it and i just haven't it needs a new fuse um, but I haven't switched it. So. Spike, what do you yeah, use no, for the... I mean, ultimately... No, go ahead. Let's say ultimately I'm going co-packer sometime here in the near future, so it's irrelevant. Oh, okay. What were you going to ask? Uh, Spike, what, what do you use for the date coder? Are you just using a sticker, or do you actually... Does it actually print? It prints. On the bottle. Can you, yeah. can you send me it's what that is? It's one of those handheld ones. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I can find it. We, we've got one I'm on our not Sneed, the, we've got Sneed one on printing. Sneed printing. Yeah. Cool. Sneed, they're yeah. really, they've been really good to us. Matter of fact, uh, I got to get back. I with hated you. it. Yeah. I, I got one and I did not like it. We, we, use, well, we if your bottle has one, like a different having a hand handheld one would be nice for a lot of reasons. Yeah. They, so just so don't use white. It, yeah. If your bottle looks like this, yeah, has is embossed on with anything like lock coating the bottom doesn't really work. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we just we just Ooh, use if we have to individually thing. label them, we do stickers or like we put stickers on our boxes and stuff like that too. But having yeah. I've I've been intrigued by the handheld. Actually, if you guys want to talk equipment, it's not a hot sauce equipment, but I just received a. Uh, it's a good offer, but I'm not sure if it's a good enough offer for somebody to um, sell me a dehydrator that would fit uh, four full racks, like four ready kitchen ready racks, twenty pans each. Um, and you could fit four of them in this dehydrator and it's a heat pump dehydrator. Um, and, and it's a, it's a good deal on it. And I cannot for the life of me decide if it's a good enough deal to get it. What do you want to do with it? Uh, Spices. Um, so specifically the reason that they want to sell it to us is they have a product they want us to make with it. And, and then kind of, they would wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's your rule about bringing on equipment? Well, so this would actually belong. You do not buy equipment <laughs> no, for it. I, I would not be buying it for them. I'd be buying it for me. Um, that's you guys different. see it now? Yeah. Cool. They break really easy. Um, and oh, they're a pain to program. Uh, you just got to be really careful. The pins in there can get bent really easily. But uh, yeah, I think I, I might have an extra one. I got to see if it's working right now. But if it's working, I can let you borrow it for a month if you want. I mean, I would hate if we accidentally broke it, though, trying it out. So. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll think about it. So, if it's if it's something that I'm serious about, I may reach out to you about that. But then I can, okay. otherwise, I just kind of like poking around and seeing what exists. I will say uh, their customer service is amazing. I That's bought great. one of those machines. It just, I didn't really like it. It didn't, didn't wasn't any faster than the fucking uh, price gun for me. Like right. it's probably about the same. The same. I just don't like the no price. I don't like those stickers because they come off so easily. So I want it on the bottle. But um, my daughter 
so the trick with them is that, you know, it's not like a gun where you push the trigger and then it happens. It's about the movement. So you pull, pull the trigger right. and it's still, nothing happens until you move it. So, mm-hmm. cause you got to get, so there's a little metal plate you got to get with it. So you put it on the metal plate and then you pull yeah. the trigger and then you move it and it happens and teaching them, okay, it's not the trigger. It's the movement after the trigger. Once they get mm-hmm. that, they zoom through it really fast. So cool. Cool. Well, again, again, our, our bottles are embossed on the bottom and didn't really couldn't read the lock code. So what was the point of having a lock code? Right. Yeah. I found it, it, it would show up, but it was a pain in the ass. It, it, it's, I would like to have a, a stand up, you know, like the ones you guys have, because it, it's so much easier. Uh, I will say this ink jet coder that I have, I fucking love that thing. Uh, the, do you have to let your lock coder like warm up for fucking 10 minutes? No, before, no, not you, oh. her. no. No, no. Uh, we um, we inherited one with the building from uh, Chaos, and that has to warm up. And it's like the super, I don't know, super fancy old fashioned. And you had all these special detailed chemicals and all these like crazy things. And then and then this other guy called me up and was like, "Hey, we've got one that's like, I mean, a third, not even a third, the a tenth the price. Um, and it it just it looks like." The, the end of it looks like that Sneed printer, except it just, it's, it's fixed. Um, and it, it's got a little computer that we can type everything into. And now we just turn it on and it goes. Um, and we, it's, um, we get issues with clogging on the print heads and stuff like that. That can be a big little pain in the butt. Um, but you can evacuate them. And our staff has gotten really good at kind of taking care of it. So it's not as big of a deal as it used to be. The Sneed printer, supposedly yeah. you can get a piece that, will make it an inline, but it's, I wouldn't trust that. I'd get one that's specifically inline. That just does, that sounds like a waste of money to me. So, yeah. um, Oh, Sneed. Okay. So Sneed does have like inline printers mm-hmm. as well. They're not just handheld. Like and they, they'll do a production line printer. They're out of Texas. I've sent them hot sauce a few times. They had us, they did a, a thing a few months ago where a bunch of their staff sampled our hot sauces and uh, I think they said something about wanting to, they wanted to do something with maybe a podcast or something. Uh, I don't know. Uh, they sent me something recently and I just, it was in the middle of the holidays and didn't have time to get back. So I, it's neat. I'll get back with you soon. I promise. So yeah, they're all really cool. good people. So yeah, keep talking don't, about don't use white ink. Yeah. The white ink really? so did not work for us. We, no. we can use white ink and we do use white ink on our dark bottles. Like, we do like a blueberry syrup for somebody else and we use white ink on, on that and a couple anything that's dark, the white ink does fine. For some reason, the the darker ink do does come through on ours um, and you can read it even on our darker bottles. So we've not worried about it too much, but I would like for it to be able to have a lighter ink. So, uh, But every yeah. time we used it, it just clogged up the, the print heads really we're, bad. Interesting. Yeah. Were you using yellow originally, Spike? No, it was white. I thought, no, I'm pretty sure it was yellow. Because I was like, I don't want to be like Spike. I'm going to go with white. And then I was like, fuck this white. No, no, <laughs> I definitely, it was definitely white because, it, man, I I had I had to deal with it. It sucked. And now that you're saying yellow, it makes me think we should try yellow. <laughs> pretty sure it was yellow. All right. Who inspires you in the hot sauce industry? Me, myself, and I, motherfucker. Total joke. I'm not, I am not that early. Who inspires me? I, I don't know, man. I just make fucking, I'm a former drug addict that just fell into hot sauce. I don't, I didn't know nothing about the spicy community when I fell into it. You know what I mean? I don't know. I 
Is there a sauce that like really still makes you like that you strive to be like? Hell no. No? No, dude. I started making hot sauce because I couldn't find hot sauce at the time because I didn't understand this world of craft hot sauces. I couldn't find hot sauce that wasn't overly salty or overly bitter, you know, full yeah. of vinegar. So I started creating my own, you know. And then obviously, you know, <laughs> I fell into a world I knew nothing about, um, you know. But I, I guess I, I look up to people like Chris over at Tarman or Paul at Big Reds, you know, they've been around since the beginning of my journey because Vic uh, and I became like, I don't want to say BFFs, but we're pretty tight. You, know you guys what are mean? pretty like, much pretty BFFs. Quick. I don't know. You got to clear that with him. I don't, I don't know if I fall into that category. Uh, uh, you know, like pretty good friends with Cage on these days, you know, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know who inspires me. Well, it sounds like you just listed off a bunch of people. I don't know if they're inspiration or just people I kind of look up to. I think that's what that is, but I might be wrong. Awesome. You, 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 you want to know, you want to know who I look up to in this community. I, the people that make their own products, that that's who I look like Claire, like you. I, I think that we end up with Copac clients who, who go through, who often go through other Copacers that like won't, like that won't do they, they like I remember somebody who approached us ages ago, which we didn't end up working out, but every other co-packer he went to would not prep ingredients. Like everything had to come already prepped, ready to just dump into the kettle and they wouldn't do any prep. Yeah. Um, and, what? and that, yeah, I know. Right. Um, and he, multiple co-packers would tell him that same thing. And, um, and so he was like, well, can you prep these ingredients for us? Because we can only get them, whole and fresh and i was like uh sure i mean we'll charge you for it but yeah we can prep ingredients like there's no yeah like we've got people here to do things whether they're stirring a sauce or chopping papayas is fine <laughs> like we can do, we can do all those things yeah so, we need yeah. to have a co-packer episode where it's like we have a a couple two three epi- co-packers mm-hmm. talking on here yeah. we're we're actually looking at possibly doing some co-packing this next year and um yeah. you know I love that. I love when all of you guys talk about that, you and Tim and, you know, yeah. uh, it, it, it is nice to see because I would want to do it the right way. Part of the problem is that there is an extra cost associated with co-packing. You are to some extent sharing your profits. If you make it all yourself, you get to keep them all. If you, if you have somebody else make it, then you are sharing some of that. So the often it's not necessarily the co-packer who says, how can I make this cheaper? It's the person making the sauce. That's like, Oh, this is going to cost me more than I was anticipated. Yeah. Where can I get yeah. down the costs? Um, and that, yeah. that definitely. Yeah. And, and then there's also, I mean, I, we get people who come to us with crazy procedures like fire roasting and we can't do that. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, those crazy procedures, crazy, crazy fire roasting <laughs> procedures. No, but um, we get people who ask us to do things that we can't do. And so, we have to figure out, like, we, we had somebody recently who wanted us to brown a bunch of things, you know, they, they wanted to brown in the bottom of the pan. And like, we have a steam jacket kettle, you can't brown in that. And, and, yeah. and so it was like, how can we, you know, in that person's case, we were able to buy in pre-roasted ingredients and then put those in. And that's how we could make that work. So, you know, there's, there's things that, 
that do change when you scale them up, that you just, if you're making something at volume, um, you know, it's hard to fire roast all those peppers. I mean, not if you got the right equipment, if you got a nice <laughs> big ass drum roaster, it's easy as fuck. You just fill it up and walk away. Fire doesn't sing. Claire, have you ever used acidic acid with water to make the vinegar? It seems well, we, like that would get... be cheaper in the end. Well, we get, we actually, uh, it's actually isn't the case anymore, but up until recently, we actually get 12% vinegar and we do dilute it to 5% vinegar, which is how 5% vinegar is made. Um, you can also get 20% vinegar or something like that. We, we actually now have a local person making our vinegar for us. And so he makes it to spec and, um, it's really really good. It's so good. I honestly want to just send you guys a little bottle of that vinegar by itself because it is amazing. Um, but, um, but yeah, so that's. Um, but yeah, that's, and if he, to make it to spec, he brews it because of the way he's brewing it. Um, he brews it to whatever point the bacteria wants to brew it to, and then he waters it down to, to the right percentage for us. Um, so, yeah, yeah, so that's, that's where, you know, it's a reconstitution sort of thing, I guess. Do we have any hot takes today? Hot takes. I mean, I'm sure I do, but. I've got a really I'm controversial gonna... one that you guys aren't going to oh, agree no, with. Here, here we go. Ooh, I, yeah. like, I like that. What's up? Yeah, well, and and I, I feel bad because I I love many sauces like this. Um, but I genuinely, now it depends on how much, but I am really frustrated and tired of sauces that don't have xanthan gum in them. Because <laughs> I'm tired of, and, and also the whole thing about xanthan gum which is a bunch of bullshit i'm just gonna say (laughs) bullshit it's bullshit because i did some research on this and yes you can have some tummy trouble from xanthan gum you know how much you have to eat to get that tummy trouble like 150 bottles of our hot sauce is what you'd have to eat to for to trigger that it's just ridiculous it's a sciencey word and people have a, a thing about it peppers do so much more damage to your gut than xanthan gum does it's just I'm gonna call bullshit on that i mean do the research dude i'm telling you i I've, I, I've looked it up go ahead i i think that one of the things that i've really enjoyed about doing this podcast is is we all are in our own little hot sauce silos and um yeah and we you know like like you zach said that you started making hot sauce because you couldn't find the sauce that you liked and you wanted to and you wanted it to exist and, um, and, and I think that, and I think, you know, we all make the kind that we like and, and, and we want it to stand apart. We want to say, this is, this sauce is the one that I like and I think it's the best and everybody else's is garbage. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and it's, no. I'm, I'm exaggerating. I'm definitely exaggerating, but it, I think it's, um, you know, I think that in our own little silos, it's really easy to, to say that and believe that. But one thing I've really enjoyed about doing the podcast is, is seeing all of these sauces that push my envelope, you know, that push my, my awareness and my, my thoughts of like my feeling of, I hate xanthan gum. I've definitely, I've definitely gotten more than a few sauces recently that have xanthan gum. And I'm like, I I don't hate this. I enjoy this. And, um, and finding the like, and, and so I just, I really enjoy the, the variance. There's something here for everyone. You know, there's so many yeah, different sauces out there, you know, and it's like, yeah, I guess there's a lot of different cookies out there, a lot of different cakes out there. But like, you know, there's more of an attitude of what makes a good cookie or a good cake in the world of hot sauce. 
I mean, it's it's kind of like after wine has stopped being a snobby thing and the best wine is the wine that you enjoy, the best hot sauce is the hot sauce you enjoy. And, exactly. and there's just, you know, there's so much variety because it's a sauce, you know, you can go so far with a sauce. You don't have to, you don't have to depend on structure. You don't have to depend on chemical reactions. You don't have to depend on uh, equipment. I mean, you do have to depend on equipment, but it's, it's a sauce. There's just so much room with a sauce and I just love the variety and I love being exposed to all of that. So I think it's great. I think I agree with you on all counts of what you said. I think my issue is that in the hot sauce industry, there's this thing against xanthan gum. Yeah. Like there's like this whole movement of people and not, none, I have not heard a single solitary other than your, I don't like the texture. That makes sense to yeah. me. That yeah. That's the only, the only argument that's made any sense to me. None of it has made any sense. And to have, to treat sauces that have it like they're less than because they have mm -hmm. it is fucking insane to me. And, and it, that really angers me. Right. I, prefer it in sauces because when you go to pour you don't get those clumps at the top or you, when you shake it suddenly the top has got all that stuff i i don't like that i get tired of having to like hit the side of the bottle and then get it to come out right and we've been trying so many sauces that's where this this hot take comes from is that so many sauces and i'm constantly having to you know, jostle the bottle the right way. I don't have to do that with any of my sauces or any of the sauces that I've seen that have xanthan gum because it comes out. I agree with you about the texture. Too many people use way too much, way mm -hmm. too much. And that's just something they need to learn to balance. You know, if you hit the right mark, it's going to be fine on your palate. It's just like anything. I, if you use too many peppers, it's going to, you know. I think, I think also where some of the discrimination against xanthan gum can come from is that it is, you can take water and add enough xanthan gum to make it a sauce. And so it can be used yeah. to cheapen a sauce, you know, to make a, a cheaper, mm -hmm. to make a cheaper sauce um, that you can, you can have something that's really runny and then thicken it with xanthan and, and make it sauce texture. And, and it's, and by no means is everybody yeah. uses xanthan gum doing that, but because people do, it can taint the attitude towards it. And I think the yes, same goes I, for yeah, extract. like like the arguments against extract. It's that same thing is you could use some really cheap ingredients and then just put a couple drops of ex extract in it and be like, I got you a hot sauce. You know, I think it's kind of the yeah. same same thing. I mean, I genuinely yeah. would use an extract. I, I'm not opposed to using it if it's the right reason. I would if I needed to add a little bit of extra heat, but didn't want to have an assertive pepper flavor. <laughs> I would use it. I, I wouldn't a yeah. second because the sauce called for it. That's where I think we've talked before about how I would use anything in a sauce if it made it work. Yeah. What were you going to say? Yeah, I was just going to go on about that uh, awesome co-packer from Phoenix, Arizona, who's on the verge of fucking going bankrupt, you <laughs> cock smoker. Listen to that, bitch. When they were doing my teacup masala run for Hot Ones, they started off not using Xanthan uh, gun. And then we're going through the lawsuit. I got their pro process sheets. And give me fucking side notice. Like their case count went from 134 cases to 224 cases. I'm like, what the fuck? How's that even possible? It's the same fucking recipe. Going through their batch notes, they ended up adding like four fucking pounds of xanthan gum and 15 fucking gallons of water to my sauce. I mean, you that's can use insane. xanthan gum to make a foam. And that's essentially what they were doing. They were making a foam out of your hot sauce. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, yeah. I, 
I cannot ever, I mean, as a co-packer, I cannot ever imagine deliberately changing somebody's recipe. I mean, that is, that's illegal. Like not, that is illegal. Not, what other, <laughs> not part of the ingredient list. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. The fact that I didn't get anything out of that, like really irks the shit out of me. But guess who's not bankrupt, motherfucker. Okay, uh, hot sauce show and tell. Who's Zach? Hot sauce show and tell. <laughs> you get to go first, Zach. Oh, me? Am I the guest? Am you're I the first. guest? Is you're, that is that what? You're the guest, fucker. Look here, motherfucker. I got this fucking hotter than L. Dino. 1901. Nice. Roasted ale. Ooh, Roasted okay. red ale hot sauce. Oh, that I actually kind of want to open this and try it, honestly. <laughs> hey! I'm trying the one that I'm, I've am i got. I can't not. Of course, I don't have any fucking fingernails. Motherfucking. It's a good thing it's not a High Desert Sosco one because you couldn't get it off with your fingernails because of the, the bands on yours <laughs> don't have the perforations anymore. <laughs> you don't <laughs> have perforations. That, that, no. that is a hot take. Perforation. You need perforations. Yeah, well, the part to make the seals perforated on uh, that machine is like another five grand. So I'd go without. So you we, can't, we, you you can't get sold the, some of we, the wheels free perforate like pre perforated. I'm pretty sure you can. However, uh, what came with the machine? I uh, had three rolls of matte black, which uh, were already paid for. Right. Yeah. And I am not. Yeah. So I've got another hot take. Glossy black, glossy anything. Ah, I hate gloss. Yeah. I like I like glossy black. I like the glossy <laughs> over the matte. Zach and I during COVID both going back and forth about how to find matte black because we couldn't find it anywhere. God, we have a, I during God during the shortages of everything <laughs> was like finding glossy, finding matte, finding of uh, the woozy bottle, caps. finding the fancy bottle, finding caps, finding caps that weren't pure shit and that like go on crooked and you have to throw them away like just everything ever like we yeah. we have a couple hot sauces that are now made with white caps because we debuted them when we couldn't get black caps so now they have white caps <laughs> like just I, I, like it oh god that was so brutal it was so brutal the fact that we're still sitting here like in business is fucking baffling yeah, to me. it really is <laughs> like like people who make their own product that went through that that had to fucking deal with that, like weren't dealing like had the co-packer that has millions of bottles on hand. You know what I mean? Like that was a rough, rough time. Yeah, it it was. Like, I mean, and and I guess like, although you know, as a co-packer, we had to go through four other people too. Um, oh, I remember yeah. before COVID, I would come hell or high water. I would make sure we made our production date. You know, if we had set it on the calendar this day, it was happening. And I would go to just extreme lengths to make it happen. And then, and then, and then COVID broke me. And I was like, oh, look at that. It hasn't come in. Well, we'll move it back a week. <laughs> like, there's just no, there is no solution. Yeah. We can't. Like, it's just, yeah. And, you know, now we've gotten, yeah. I've had a few times where, like when we had the flooding here in Vermont, um, I had to do a ma- mad scramble to produce uh, maple coffee for the heatness. And um, it was a mad scramble. It was one of those heroic proportions, flooded roadways, all that fun stuff. And um, it was, and it felt good. I was like, it's like pre-COVID, but it's still now we're just like, oh, something can't come in a time. We're just change the schedule. It's fine. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 
All right. Hot sauce, Zach. We got uh, Claire. I already did mine. Oh, that's well, right. You you get, you were, okay. I thought you were going to try it. Uh, are you going to try it? Yeah. Oh, we're, we, well, I thought we are going to do it all together. We're going to do it at the end. Okay, sorry. That's, that's a Tamara thing. Remember, he likes to wait and eat with his friends. Yeah, right, and then right. we decided it, it we, was fun we, to cheers. Yeah. And then okay. we adopted it. Um, I got the pineapple habanero ghost from Stanky. And it's got the nice awesome. little flex and and everything. Um, and as you can see, my husband really likes this one. We've been, we've been, he's been going through it. So I'm breaking the rules today. No. So... <laughs> Claire, I'm going to tell you, you were asking me the other day about how much I could go through. So I bought three of these. They showed up, I think, Tuesday, Wednesday. No, I think I got them at the end of the week. I got them Friday. This is the last bottle left out of three. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I need to send you a half gallon when we make it. That's what you're saying. I think we're going to be bottling the half gallons next week. So I'll make, I'll make sure you I pour this all over everything because, oh, my God, it is just unbelievable. But but I saw when right. we shook that right. up that that the that they all got stuck in the top, which is exactly what you were uh, what you were yeah. going against. It's not so. as bad on this one, but it does that. Um, and it, it varies. Yeah, it does vary. Depends on where in the kettle it was, you know. I'm sure. Yeah, you know what? I had, I had to get bottles from a local company recently. And the fucking neck is even smaller than yeah, this. Yeah, I remember having those. I hate them. The shrink bands don't go on right. That's I true. reached That's out. I'm like, yo, what the fuck? They'll they'll pop up. They do that little boop thing. I hate that. Uh, no, they don't. Are you talking about the cat butt on the top? We always call it the cat butt when the, yeah. the when the neck bit when the shrink band goes up too high and it just like curls up on itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Cheers. I'm going for the spoon. Sorry. It's nice. Seriously, my favorite sauce. Thank you. Thank you. This is a nice. Oh, I didn't. I have to say, <laughs> I'm going to send you that T-shirt now. I just realized I did not send the green habanero sauce that I intended oh. to send to you. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> That's funny. Spike Spike is very absent-minded. Yeah, it's got a lot going on. Uh, unintentionally, unintentionally. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I don't, in a bad way. I don't think he's just... intentionally absent-minded. I don't think that's a thing. No, we've got. We... I mean, I can be. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> yeah, that. There's that. I don't want to talk to that motherfucker. You know, <laughs> that, that kind of absent-minded. I, I, I have a little bit of that. I don't answer yeah. my phone, <laughs> which is which is bad when my office manager is out and I'm supposed to be answering the main line for the phone and I don't. I just, I, I, I get the voicemails in my email and I forward it to whoever needs to respond to it and then they respond to it. I'm that millennial who hates answering phones. Millennial? What? I'm right on the border. I'm 1980. Look at that a woman Me. telling her age. Uh, but, um, but I'm that. I think that's technically it's right on the border. My wife is too. That's right. Yeah. Motherfucker. I am. Uh, I am 81, but I was raised as a Gen Xer. Like I wasn't allowed in the fucking house. And... You 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 feel like a you feel like a Gen Xer. <laughs> you guys both and are. I'm... I was raised. I was raised like a Gen Xer. Like yeah, no. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I find, you know, my, my husband, my sister, they're both like square on Gen Xers and, you know, and, and to me, a lot of it is like the pop culture references, like, you know, the schoolhouse rock and the, um, like those TV shows and those, and those were just like always a little, they were like, a li everybody was a little older than me. And, and, and I, I really do honestly embrace that, that Gen Y, that like in between generation, because the generations are spread out a little too far than they're 
like farther than they're supposed to because of the year 2000. And so I feel yeah. like there would have been a different generation that I would have squarely belonged to. And, and it doesn't, but as I'm getting older, I find myself identifying more with the technology, the cultural references, the, all of that of millennials. When I was, when I was younger, the millennials were all like teenagers and that made no sense. But as I get older, it fits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. I, I still make references my wife doesn't get. If I say something about rerun from ha- what's happening, she doesn't have any idea <laughs> talking about. That's another uh, one. Yeah. I don't know. You know, vaguely reference. She does. She does. Yeah. But it's uh, – she'll say stuff like uh, – like I'll reference something and she'll go, I know what that is. A true Hollywood story. <laughs> That's where she <laughs> learned it. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Zach. So, yeah. Do you have any questions for us? Why the fuck do you want me on this podcast, man? Like, on a regular basis. I'm not even talking about this episode. Like, why am I part of this fucking podcast? Because you care about the industry. And that's what this podcast is. Yeah, you do. Because you, you... Are you sure about that? Yeah, you help police it. And I think it's great that you do. Um, and you are the reason that I came up with the idea for this podcast. Because we would talk over and over about people <laughs> fucking not doing the process right. And it dawned on me one day that we were bitching about something that we could actually change by creating a paradigm, it, just changing the whole mentality of it. If we're talking about doing it the right way, then when new people are coming along and they're looking for information, if they listen to our podcast and we're getting that happening, it's happening now. Mm-hmm. Um, we've ha- I, can't, I get so many messages from people. Oh, I didn't know how to do that. Now I do. That's it. We get to be the chance for people to do it the right way. Man, that feels good. It sounds like you're just creating more competition. Yeah, I'm all right huh. with that. I'm 100% kidding, man. Yeah, I'm, I've always been from day one, my community over competition. I don't, yeah. I don't, I, I, the only person I compete with is myself. Yeah, absolutely. I could, you know, what's, this one guy came up to me with his jalapeno sauce one time, which was, I tasted it, it was good. He's like, I can't tell you the ingredients because. You know, you might make it. I'm like, I, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah. Like when Ghost of Saffron was blowing up, everybody wanted to enter, and I had someone, one of the old timers, reach out. They're like, "You're showing too much of your process," and I'm like, "Somebody really wants to go through and try and figure this out. I really don't give a fuck." Well, I don't like. There's an <laughs> clearly I was making it first, so there's a real. uh it's an honor to have somebody copy what you're doing and maybe add their twist to it. I don't have any, please do that. If you like something I'm doing, I encourage you go make your own version of it. That's fantastic. I do that all the time. My unicorn blood, our best sauce is a riff on a riff on a riff. Now it's so many ages, you know, so many stages past, but it started out as me making a, a barbecue sauce based on Bobby Flay's barbecue sauce. You know, my dream is to have just I was looking for a barbecue sauce recipe. I thought that looks good. I started doing it. And then I had seen something else um, they, where they were making a Cubano. And I was like, you know, I should use blood orange because they use some blood orange in that Cubano. And then um, I saw so add that to this barbecue sauce. That sounds really good. And then I started and that's how it became what it is. It's totally different than his recipe completely. But it was born from that. Man, absolutely. <laughs> And and I think it's also like, you know, it's like saying, I can't tell you the notes in my song. Like, like y- you take a very small number of notes of musical notes 
and you have the entire world of music. So, you know, we're just, it's, it's everybody is going to have their own signature. And if somebody is like, I like that sauce and I want to copy it, you know, if they do it better, cool. If they, you know, but they're probably just going to do it different. And there's such a world of sauce out there. And I, I know that someday the, the craft hot sauce world is going to shrink in some respect because that is what kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's growing so great right now. And that's, it's awesome, but it's changing and, um, you know, the cra- we can see what the craft beer industry has done. And I know at some point the craft hot sauce industry is going to kind of go through some of those same changes and it's going to shrink. And then it's going to be more, I don't know, mean, <laughs> because people are going to say, like, if they're not doing well, they're going to start pointing fingers around. And, and I'm, I'm going to be sad when that happens. And I, and I hope it stays far away for a long time. Yeah. I mean, there's already kind of some people on Facebook. I'm not going to mention I mean, names, there's always people. Definitely... <laughs> Yeah, there's yeah. all it, even when in the best. Oh, time. it's fucking industry. This goddamn solo. What the fuck is wrong? Sauce you're talking shit about right now? Like literally, it took second place in New York City. So, um, fuck you're talking about? I have a question about that. So I'm not. I I I kind of don't ever want to enter my sauce. It's so much different than than the restaurant business. Why do you have to enter your own sauce? Why don't they have people? nominating your sauce like they do like the james beard awards is, you don't put your sauce your your restaurant this is, this, up this isn't the james this isn't the james beard's award because man. they make it's money about off generating of income yeah yeah so in, in, in my marketing. view until a, until an award sh- an awards a hot sauce awards comes along where it's done differently it's i wouldn't want to have mine in i just wouldn't do it now that's not to say anything against people who do it's just I don't want a fucking scoby. I don't care. I'm not gonna. I mean, yeah. I just my uh, my awards come from sales. But I hear you 100, man. But oh yeah, I'm sure yeah. it does. Yeah. Like but, if you if you got yourself a scream like a screaming Mimi is a good thing to have. A golden chili is a good thing to have. I don't really know much about scobies. I've never entered any. I mean, that was just scobies. one I brought up. I you know I don't know. There might be one of those where you don't have to put it in yourself, but it just seems. No, you always like don't. that's. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, actually, you always got to pay for it. And actually, like we did have a sauce. We did have one award that we got without entering. That it was somebody, a hot sauce lover, who just kind of went around and said, "These are my favorites," and sent out awards. Um, I got one of those. Was it like a little tiny, like pedestal, like plastic pedestal? Um, I think it was a heart. A heart. But it was because- yeah. I've got it. I've got one over here. I love it. it's one of my favorites. I love that thing. <laughs> I've got two so of them. I, I do too, but I couldn't do anything with it because it wasn't a sauce that I had actually made. The, it wasn't. It wasn't even like it wasn't my sauce. It was just. It was a conflation of like several of my different sauces that I made, and they decided in yeah. their head that like this must have been. And I, I don't remember what it was, but it was like, you know, a chipotle carrot or you know something. And I was like, I never. I made a chipotle yeah. one. I made a carrot one, but I never made a chipotle carrot one. And I was like, I can't That's talk a good about idea. this. I never made this. <laughs> that chipotle carrot does sound good, um, but. Um, but I, we, did I tell you about, um, we entered, we won Screaming Mimi and Scobies this year and, um, I hadn't entered for a long time because I just, I feel hurt when I don't win and I shouldn't. And, and it's, it's, I shouldn't, but I do. And I just, and I need to like get over myself and it's fine. Um, but, um. Okay. What's, one second. One second. I feel hurt when something that doesn't deserve to win wins. That too. That too. <laughs> no, exactly. Well, yeah. so. Yeah. 
so this is the thing is that I entered that maple coffee hot sauce. I love that sauce. I am, I'm so proud of it. It has, it was technique that I had difficulty with. I was like, I'm just, I'm proud of that sauce. And, and I'm coming to realize since it's been on the market for a little while, it is a polarizing sauce. There are people who love it and adore it and people who hate it. And so I, I think it was the, it was the, the scovies uh, we sent that in we won we won some scovies for some other stuff um but that one didn't and i was surprised because i actually i love that one so much i entered it in multiple categories because i was like damn it this is gonna win it's gonna sweep it's gonna be amazing and so i you on the scovies you can actually pay more money to get how other how the judges responded to your sauce and i was like and i've heard people say it's a waste of money i'm sure it is i just was like i'm gonna i'm gonna try it anyway because i'm just curious what happened the scores I don't have the piece of paper in front of me, but the scores are something between, I think it was between zero and 50. I, I think I had the numbers wrong, but it's somewhere in that range. The, um, and 50 being like perfect on everything, zero obviously being horrible on everything. And the, the highest was the, hi- the judge who rated it the highest because I had it in multiple categories. So I had a lot of different judge response on it. Um, the judge who rated it the highest gave it a perfect 50. The judge who rated the lowest gave it a 10. And like, Anything with coffee in it. Wildly different numbers. And the one who said it was yeah. I rated the highest was like, this is perfect. I'd put it on everything. The one who rated a 10 was like, I would never buy this. I couldn't put it on anything. Like, I was like, yeah. 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 I think it's coffee. Right. I really yeah. do. Because our mole, so. I, people love our mole. But it's also people hate it because I did a yeah. very coffee forward mole. Uh, because yeah. there's a coffee mole. So I black coffee mole. I want black coffee right up front. And um and so people really, really, really love it. And um people hate it, just hate it. Because it's yeah. black coffee mole. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, I think you're right. I think it is the coffee. Um my our our kitchen supervisor doesn't like it because she doesn't like coffee and it is a very coffee forward sauce. Yeah. But but it's, I just find it amusing just how polarizing it is. It's not even a general like, oh, not for me. It's like, bleh. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to re- – we're redoing that. We're doing it as a, a season – or a pre- premium sauce now. It's going to be called mm-hmm. Queen of Darkness. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. I tried to – did yeah. I tell you I tried to get uh, – I sent an email to try and get uh, Elvira to let me do it <laughs> uh, as her sauce because I could see it. But they wanted too much money. Yeah. So what you said yeah. they wanted too much money. Was it like they wanted royalties or like how does yeah, that? Yeah, they wanted it. I was like, I will make it for you, sell it to you. That's how I. That's the only way I'm willing to do it. And they yeah. were like, uh, we want a guarantee of fifteen thousand dollars in sales, and such and such, and you have to buy the royalty. And I'm like, not gonna happen. Yeah. Zach, what? I first of all. Uh, congratulations on uh, seven years. That's a big deal. Man, it's not till Absolutely. tomorrow, man. Don't count. Don't count. <laughs> when, this, when this airs, don't. It will be tomorrow. Oh yeah. Well, so I understand. That, don't but. fucking drink or use in the next few hours, or else. I'll, I'll think I down. think we're good there. Honestly, <laughs> I think we're. I'll hunt you down. But no, man. Like, he poured herself a Guinness the other day, and I was kind of staring at it. She's like, should I not drink this right now? I was like, no, I was just reminiscing my black and tan days. And even though I do miss that, you know what I mean? Like, I know where that's going to take yeah. me. Yeah. That does not appeal. Yeah. That does not appeal to me yeah. at all. So, 
I'm good. Because eventually, what's going to happen is I'm going to drink so much, and then I'm not going to want to be drunk anymore. And the only way I know how to sober up real quick, out, out, out comes that methamphetamine. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I ain't trying to get out. Fuck, fuck that shit. Yep. Oh, I got Hold oh, on a sec. Last year. That's all right. Give me a second. There we go. Hey, figured it out. Zach, I wanted to say that I, you know, you mentioned quitting smoking. I Like, as, like. Didn't happen. It didn't happen? No. No. Not yet. It will, but not yet. Well, I, I was, I was, I was too angry, if that makes sense. And it was kind of affecting the people around me. So, uh, wasn't fair. Well, I mean, I know. <laughs> I know, I mean, I don't, uh, substance abuse is not my vice, but, um, I've, I've struggled with weight issues my whole life. And the, I feel like it's once you know how, how hard quitting or making changes are, it's, it's hard. I like, to me, it's harder the second time around. Um, because the, the first time around, you don't even know what you're getting yourself into. And, and the second time around, you know how hard it's going to be. Um, and so, yeah. you know, yeah. choosing to quit something again is I, that's that's impressive and you know so whenever you do it so it's, it's not it's not going to be just nicotine it's going to be nicotine and caffeine which is going to yeah. be double rough i've yeah. had to do it uh, but they kind of go they go hand in hand for me so like if i wake up and i don't drink coffee right away i don't think about a cigarette right away but right now i'm in this uh, cycle of coffee, I mean, coffee and a cigarette. Yeah. Cycle. Zach, um, I'm really honored to do this podcast with you. It is really, well, I appreciate it. um, you're one of my best friends, buddy. Uh, we talk all the time. Uh, uh, uh it's true. <laughs> and, um, you know, uh, and, happy tears. Yeah. And so I wouldn't want to do, I told you that before, when we first started this, you said, I don't know if I want to do this. And I said, well, I'm not doing it with anybody else. So, you know, uh, if, if that's the case, then we weren't going to do it. And I'm glad you did it. I know it was a point where you actually weren't going to do the podcast after we started. And I was going to keep going because we'd already started, but I'm glad you're still here. I'm glad you're you still here. You kind of guilted me into it. You both guilted me into it. Don't try to fool these fucking people. Like, you didn't put the pressure on me and shit. Motherfucker showing at my door like, yo. Spike says, what's up, motherfucker? I love you, buddy. It's great doing this. It's great just chatting with you every week. Yeah, I don't always. I mean, today I was definitely not feeling it. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to do this. I'm hungry. I'm hangry. I'm cranky. I had a good time. Yeah. I know it doesn't seem like it because I'm very, like, tired, but. I had a good time. Yeah, I love my favorite days are when you start out really grumpy and I watch you change over the course of the, the podcast. I mean, it's just freaking awesome. You guys don't know it, but uh, I'm grumpy a lot of the time when we start. I just bullshit. I know it. Don't <laughs> think you can pull that shit past my fucking. <laughs> you ain't pulling no wool over these eyes, mother. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm better at hiding it. But I love that you're not. I love it. I mean, I'm, like, I'm why, glad, why try? So I'm glad that you ahead. don't you don't mind that I poke at your grumpiness. I enjoy poking poking no, at your grumpiness. I, I wasn't sure how to go with the text the other day, though. I really wanted to just like poke at your grumpiness with with the texting the other day. Oh, with because uh, I mean, I can't I can't gauge your actual reaction, so I stopped. So here's the thing, uh, and Spike will tell you if it's like 
I'll let I'll let you'll know if it's too much because <laughs> I'll say something. I, just, I don't have I was, no fucking problem. I was, I was gonna send you like silly gifts, and, and I was like, I don't. That would have would have been fun. No, it it probably would have made me giggle, honestly, and get me out of my bullshit. You know what I mean? I love it when one day uh, I think it was Katie and I were texting you and woke you up, oh, yeah. and you were so well. It's a group. It was a group text yeah, yeah. and it was kind of late and I got to get up at like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think it was early and you had been bottling and you were trying to sleep after. I don't, I don't remember exactly. But, but you were I like, I was up till 3am bottling. God damn it. Da, 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 da. And then like, text ends. We both teased him just, just long enough before, you know, he would get really mad. Um, and then uh, about 10 minutes later, he said he either texted me or I think you called me and said, I'm up now. And you were in the best. You were so chipper. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, awesome. what the fuck? If you guys, if you guys want to talk, talk amongst yourselves. I got to get up fucking early. I'm tired. I'm sure it was something along those lines. Exactly. And then they kept pushing the button. And I was just like, fuck it. I'm out. So let's, <laughs> let's be, let's be happy. Fuckers. <laughs> All right. Well, let's end this. I don't know what to say. You're not going anywhere. You're still here, motherfucker. Uh, well, quit sending people into my house, threatening me and shit. <laughs> whole world loves you, Zach, whether you like it or not. Uh, the whole world does not love me. I know that I for a fact. And you know what? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> no, I know a few people that don't, but they just don't know you. Uh, they can fucking kiss my ass. <laughs> Mine too, goddammit. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Zach. Yeah, Thank no you, problem. Zach. Thanks for having me, guys. Flavor Balance Heat, the podcast for hot sauce lovers and makers, was brought to you by Butterfly Bakery of Vermont, High Desert Sauce Co., and Iris Spikes Unique Hot Sauces and Vandal Pepper Sauces. This has been a Spike Mine Media Production.